Hey y'all, this is Dick Darren from StraightHustling.com. Are you a hunter or just like to target shoot and have a good time? Then you need to check out Freedom Munitions. You can find a link to Freedom Munitions at the bottom of StraightHustling.com. I can't say enough good stuff about Freedom Munitions, where I buy my own ammo, great prices, to buy directly online, and it's shipped to your doorstep. Doesn't get any better than that. You can sign up for their email specials and check out their brass buyback program. So please click the link at the bottom of our site, straighthustling.com. Takes you directly to Freedom Munitions and get your hustle on. Let's get on with the show. This is comedian Josh Denny, and you get your hustle on with Straight Hustling. This is my smoking song. It ain't very long, but guaranteed to get the job done. Smoke one. What the fuck you waiting on? Get hot. I love to blaze your high in the sky, but it get hot. White, how hot? So hot your brain about This is my smoking song. It ain't very long, but guaranteed to get the job done. Smoke one. What the fuck you waiting on? Get hot. All right, we're back. Straight hustling. It's Dick Darren. I got Money Mike and Stu with me. Oh, yeah. We got a good comedian, Josh Denny, coming on tonight. Funny guy. Oh, yeah. California. Can't wait to talk to him. Yeah, he's got some good stuff on YouTube. I was checking out. I got some Tracy Morgan impersonations. So check him out. Yeah, we're talk to him. Precious for us. Stu showed up. Yeah, late. <laughs> yeah, better late than never, I always say, huh? How long is I'm playing Money Mike today? I'm coughing and coming in the last minute. So. Y'all please buy some shirts so we can get these motherfuckers yeah. some cigarette we, we, we need some tussing. <laughs> <laughs> we need some tussing up here in the uh, Straight Hustling headquarters so uh, we can't cough. All right, we're going to get Josh up. on the phone, see what he's talking about. What up, Josh? What's up, Josh? Hello? Hey, is this Josh? Yeah, man. Hey, how you doing, Josh? Dick Darren, I got uh, Money Mike with me. Hey, 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 what's happening, brother? How are you guys? Oh, uh, wonderful, man. <laughs> Living the dream. What are you doing? I am uh, sitting at the top of a parking structure in uh, Santa Monica. It's uh, good reception, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can hear you yeah. good right now. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you fine. It's great. Well, man, I want to thank you for coming on our show, man. It's cool to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Saw saw some of your stuff online, man, and uh, had uh, some good laughs, man. It's good stuff. That's good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. So how long have you been doing comedy, man? For uh, eight years. It'll be nine years in January. Oh, wow. What got you into it? Yeah. You know, it was it was funny. I... I started as a musician when I was really young, but I was always kind of like a funny kid and was always the guy in bands and, and out with my friends and stuff where they were like, it's funny, you should do comedy. And I, I just never really pursued it. I just never really thought that, you know, being funny on purpose was something that I could plan to do. And uh, it just sort of happened. Like one day I've I, I been out of music for a while and had a bunch of failed bands and I was talking with another musician friend of mine on the phone one day. We were just kind of like riffing an idea. And I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if this is stand up. Like, I wonder if you could do this stand up. So I went and found an open mic and uh, did it, and just fell in love with it, and uh, never looked back. Oh shit, cool! Six million dollars later, and look where you're at. Yeah, right. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a six million dollar yeah. man, ain't you, Josh? That's what let, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, let me know when it gets to that level. <laughs> I, uh, in the words of Forrest Gump, I ain't seen a nickel of that million dollars. So. <laughs> <laughs> shit, you want to be broke? Start you a podcast. Yep. Yeah, no shit. I feel like I'm the only comedian that doesn't have one yet. You know, I think I contact them all, and then every right after I contact them, the fuckers all start one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. We I have a, a friend of mine's a producer, and he has a podcast network, and he's like, hey, man, you should do one. It's like, ah, it doesn't everybody, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, uh I mean, but I think they're great. It's a great, you know, as, as I come from shitting on it. No, but I think it's a great way for for people to just maintain interest. It's kind of like you have to have one. I almost feel like being a comedian and not having a podcast like 10 years ago, if you were a comedian and you didn't have a website, oh, people yeah. would look at you like, what do you mean you don't have a website? How do you how do you engage with fans? And so I think the podcast is kind of like the new website. If you don't have it, you know, fans are like, well, how are we supposed to engage with you? Because every other comedian has one. Yeah, so. it's got to be tough, though, to be able to tour and, and uh, maintain it at the same time. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I'm just now getting back into trying to do some road stuff. Like, I, I haven't done the road at all in the last 18 months. And even before that, it was very sporadic. And, you know, um, doing stand-up, like, I've, I've, for the most part of my career, I've, I've only been a full-time stand-up for a couple of years. Um, and that was actually in uh, 2007, 2008, um, those two years. And then I, I went back to part-time yeah. for quite a while. And then for the last two years, I've, I've been full-time kind of out of necessity. So. Um, <laughs> good thing you're funny, man. But I've always had, I've always, yeah, but I've always had like really good paying corporate jobs. And it's, it's tough. I mean, I have this conversation almost every, every week with other friends of mine that have those good jobs and they don't want to let them go. And it's just kind of like, you know, you have to look at it like you're an entrepreneur and this is your product. And if you spent your entire life inventing a product, would you would you give give it 110% of your time to try to sell it and get it in front of potential customers? Or would you, like, kind of sort of do it on the weekends while you just grinded out uh, a shitty life that you weren't happy with? So it's, it's a tough thing, though. It's, it's, you know, a steady paycheck is a hard thing to turn away in pursuit of, you know, what you think ultimately might make you more happy, especially when there are a lot of days when it doesn't make you more happy. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm going to have to have you hold on for a second. I'm going to call my boss and tell him to screw his fucking self. <laughs> he taught me into it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't well, know if we're... Do uh, don't let me do that. I mean, it's a scary thing, but, uh, but you know, I, I still do, like, odd jobs on the side. I drive ride share, uh, you know, and, and make some money that way when I'm in town and I don't have shows going on, so... There's just a lot of different, uh, a lot of different ways you kind of have to skin the cat to make it go and make it work. And, you know, it's even harder now because there's so much competition out there. So if I'm selling an album or I'm doing a show, I'm competing with everything else in town that night and competing with everything else on iTunes that week. And, yeah. I mean, you guys know how it is. You run a show. Yeah. 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 I've been trying to get my mom off the block for about 10 years now and <laughs> it's just not working. <laughs> You know, she's got to hustle me some money, so, you know. Yeah, her teeth are gone, so. I know, it's making me a little set bonus. And her oxygen bottle, yeah, though, you know, it's, 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 that's an expense, so. Man, I got to ask you, yeah. I got to ask you, what's the, what's the difference of uh, ginger and ginger? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm on Bob and Tom now, like you're setting up this. Uh, <laughs> you're, refer <laughs> you're referring to a joke that I do, uh, I do on my album, and it's on my last album, Social Hand Grenade. But um, it's it's really more of a that joke is really more of a, a satire on the rules around the N word. Right. And uh, you know, I grew up in I grew up in South Philly, and uh, for a period of time after my parents divorced, my mom was with uh, a black dude, and I was I would spend time with his family on the weekends, and so the, the culture was a big part of my life growing up as a kid. And I always thought it was funny sort of the the rules around when white people could say the n-word and i was like well 
you know, it, it sounds like we're making it up as we go along. You know, it's like, well, what about this scenario? I'm like, well, <laughs> yes, but no, but it depends on who you who who it's with. And I was like, I can't keep track of all these rules. And so um, I used to do that. I used to do a version of the joke where I, I basically would go on stage, sort of like a Doug Stanhope, and read the rules around the N word, the Riot Act, and as a white comic. And at the time, I was doing a lot of black rooms. Uh, it, it was like 50-50. Sometimes it would go over and sometimes it would go over like a lead balloon and I'd have like a host come out and, uh, then just be like, let me tell you something about the word. It's about our heritage. Like I would get lectured from the host. And so I was like, well, how can I still say, how can I still make this argument about the stupidity behind why we let this word evoke this kind of emotion, but do it from my own perspective? And it just kind of made sense. And and it, that's an interesting joke in my act because when I wrote that and it came together the right way, that kind of changed my comedic voice altogether of like, how can I indirectly make fun of something by comparing it to something else, whether it's more relatable to me or whether it's, it's the opposite, whether it's completely ridiculous to compare the two things. And then by, by you know, osmosis do I sort of inception my way of thinking into people's brains by presenting this alternative thing. So I have a joke where, you know, I, I make the statement, like, I don't like gay people. And when people hear that, they're like, well, Josh, why don't you like gay people? They just kind of love who they love. And I go, well, so are pedophiles, and nobody's cutting them. <laughs> which, is, which is true, whether you like it or not. Now, the the reality is I don't dislike gay people, and I'm not I'm not out campaigning for legalized pedophilia. But the funny thing in that to me is, the fact that people pretend that they feel completely differently about one than the other when 10 years ago they felt the same way about both. And right. so it's less about going, this one's okay and this one's not okay, and more about, well, you pretending to be okay with this is you being full of shit because society has changed, not because you have changed. Yeah. So. Mike doesn't like know, gay exactly. people either, unless there's no one else around. <laughs> then he's good with it. No. I mean, yeah, no. right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, there's a lot of comedians who've done takes on that of just like, uh, oh, it's, you know, Louis C.K. just had a got a ton of flack for making that joke on uh, SNL about, you know, for these pedophiles to just keep risking it, it must be amazing <laughs> to have that <laughs> Must be amazing. Like, I mean, for them to keep risking, and the audience turned on him immediately. Ooh. But it's like, these are the things people think. And that's why comedians, you know, that's what separates us from everybody else is that a guy like Louie will get on national TV and risk that to, to say it because he thinks it's funny and, and it's true. And, you know, that's, that's the stuff you have to like as a fan of comedy. Right. Mm -hmm. You gotta have the pedophiles and out I, here and picking I started, you. you know, I started as a fan of comedy way before I ever had the balls or the desire to try comedy. So I try to write from that perspective of like, if I was watching a show, what would I want to see? Oh, yeah. Man, so I don't mind being called Fatty, but I don't like being called Fatty. <laughs> <laughs> fatty sort of has like a, a full metal jacket vibe to it. It's, it's, it's almost like it's, it's almost like a condescending way to call you fat. So, man, where are you from now? Or where are you staying at? California? Santa Monica. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. I've been here for the last six years, and... Um, you know, just plugging away, trying yeah. to uh, trying to to create a market and make a name for myself and connect with some cool audiences and cool people and 
You know, it's a good place to be. Like I always tell people, I've been in LA now for the majority of my career as a comedian, and I thought I was really, really great when I came to LA because I was I was a comfortable performer. I was never had trouble with stage fright or being in front of people, which always got me by when I was in the Midwest. Like I started doing comedy in Minneapolis and Chicago in 2007, 2008, and um, and being a good performer was good because the guys who were good writers just weren't fun to watch. They weren't entertaining. And then I came to LA, and everybody was good at both. I mean, the guys that were good writers were also great performers, and and vice versa. And so I kind of felt like I needed to learn how to write better material to fit in and belong. And so, you know, from like 2009 to 2011, I was pretty quiet in my career and uh, spent a lot of time just writing, trying to become a better comedian. Yeah. Man, I'm... And if you go back and listen to like my first album, Honest Brutality, from 2008 to the album in 2012, which was Social Hand Grenades, there's a, it's like you're listening to two different comedians. It's like you're listening to somebody who is very much like a Dane Cook who would like act out ideas, really ideas that would have been better sketches than stand-up versus in 2012, I think you see the the growth as more of a, a functional stand-up comedian, writing jokes, having punchlines, that type of stuff. Yeah. We got a buddy, uh, we interviewed uh, Chuck Chuck Roy. Do you know him? You ever heard of him? I don't I don't think so. He's a comedian that's been, uh, done some tour with Ralphie May and stuff, and he does a comedian... Uh, like a college class in workshop, college, yeah, work, yeah in, in Denver. Yeah. So he's been trying to get me to get my jokes on point, but it hasn't been helping. But okay. I think it's easier if you're in Denver if you're high. Yeah. Everything's funny. Yeah, right. That's, 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 I mean, I've always wondered. I I don't uh, I don't partake myself, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Some of my friends are like, you'd probably be funnier. <laughs> <laughs> horrible. I have no idea. You'd probably, you I, might I, you be know, terrified on stage I, high. You'd be paranoid. Everybody knew you were high, and you'd, you'd go into yourself. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I really think I really think that's probably more my speed. Where I would be, I think I would be the kind of guy who would uh, would be paranoid and and then also turn violent. So like if I thought somebody was saying something, they weren't even talking. I'm yeah. like, what'd you say? And then you know get into fights with people over nothing. That's and right. I, I have friends like that too. I have friends that were like. Totally relaxed, normal dudes. They would smoke out like once in a while, and then they they turned it into an all day habit, and not to the level of like looking for helicopters out their front door, but like any minute you said something, it was just like, what do you mean by that? What are you, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? And it's like, dude, you know me. I'll say exactly what I mean. I'm like, yeah, but how do I know that? You know, it's like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. Like, can we just do the, the fun part of you being a pothead where we just go to a Denny's and order everything? Fuck yeah. Like that I'm down with. Like I can go do that with potheads. I can't play the, what do you really mean by that game? Well, uh, most of my pothead friends don't care what anyone means, so. Yeah, those are the best kind. Those yeah. are the best kind. I, I like the kind that are just, hey man, uh, I'm high, so let's eat or four go fuck depending <laughs> on the situation. That's it. That's their two seeds. Yeah. High and eat or high and fuck. I don't like the ones that like to pontificate on the meaning of life. No, 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 no. That's too deep for me. <laughs> I'm not also high. Well, see, that's because you guys are out in California smoking that good shit. So well, they, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. They do that. That's, yeah. Well, you know. I don't know. It's just sort of. I, I think it's boredom too. Like I think a lot of comedians. Like there's not a lot to do during the day. You send your dozen emails or whatever, begging people for shitty work for no pay, 
And then after that, it's like write jokes and do what else. You can only masturbate so much <laughs> in the course of a day. And, you know. Mike hasn't got there so yet. Pizza. Well, I do have a, a cramp in my right hand right now, so I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to my limit. I'm getting close. I'm going to start sitting on my left hand so it thinks it's a stranger. Well, when you, when you, yeah, short, I mean, when you short stroke, you get the cramps. You... Yeah. Oh, there's Steve piping in. You know, we got a third guy here. It's Bob and Tom and friggin' Freak Show over here. He just showed up late, so uh, but he's here. Freak Show. <laughs> hey, man, if you got to pick any uh, comedian that you could fight in an MMA match, who would that be? Any comedian I could fight in an MMA match. I don't know. Do I want to win or do I want do I want good ratings? Oh, it's all about winning, man. Yeah, it's all about kicking oh, someone's yeah. ass. I don't know. Oh, any comedian I could fight in an MMA match. I mean, are we going by weight classes? No, no. no man. Pick somebody. Somebody can dominate. Yeah, whoever you want to are we do, Is this a catch weight? Are we doing a catch weight? <laughs> any comedian I could... You are know, you I don't high? have a lot of comedian beef. I mean, there, there's probably a handful of comedians out there that aren't fans of mine for whatever reason, but there's not anybody where I'm like, I need that dude in a cage. <laughs> there's really... There's really not. I mean, I, I wish there was because that's a fun question. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. Yeah, know. do it that's for the money, man. Well, hey, you, you, what's that? You, you might, do it for the money. You might not be thinking that in about two or three weeks or something. So then you can get you and send us email so we can announce who you want to whip. Ask you want to. Yeah, I'd rather just I'd rather just fight Ronda Rousey because I would oh, enjoy yeah. that. That's probably the most I would ever enjoy getting my ass. I don't out. know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think you enjoy that too much, brother. Uh, <laughs> He'd be laid up with a broken arm for a while. You better stay fine. I would, I, I would, I would let her break my arm if I, if that just meant she was going to touch me. I don't think you're going to have to let her do nothing. <laughs> you're going to have to, we're going to have to get, we're going to have to make a decision up for you. Should it, it's Josh Blue or Don Rickles? <laughs> Josh Blue or Don Rickles? Why does it got to be those two? Uh, that's horrible. First of all, I'm kind of offended that those are the two that you would match me against. Like in the power rankings, I'm between like an 80 year old insult comic and a guy with, with uh, disabilities. All right. We'll throw Lisa Lampanelli in there, too. You guys could give me, like, a Melissa McCarthy or somebody who's, like, at least a little bit more young. We can give you Char <laughs> Charlie Murphy. Or yeah. able-bodied. I don't know, man. Yeah, how about Charlie I'm Murphy? You want, you want a piece of Charlie that's Murphy? A good, that's a good question. We'll give you Charlie uh, Murphy if you, if you feel like it. <laughs> if you want to get frisky. Charlie, Charlie Murphy, yeah, that could be fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I couldn't, I, I have no idea. I have no idea who I would fight. What a weird question. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, we're weird guys, man. Somebody to fight. That's like a comedian's nightmare. Like, hey, did you hear so and so wants to fight you in a cage? Like, what a weird thing to be to hear through social media. They've had that. Like, like I just call, I just, you know what? I would want to fight one of Jeff Dunham's puppets. <laughs> Not Ahmed. He'll blow yeah, you I'll up. I'll fight any one of them. I'll fight the <laughs> piggy one. I'll fight the pepper. I want the pepper. Not, yeah, you better I not fight the, the old man. Everybody pepper. loves the old man. Yeah, I want the I want the pepper one. I'd fight Ahmed too. I don't give a shit. I'll fight any of his puppets. You take any of his. I'll fight two of them at the same time. Put that shit on paper here. I'll All fight right. any of Jeff Dunham's puppets. The news going to be out. Uh, it's, it, that's fixing to hit the airwaves. Don't you think it ain't? You done call Hawkman out, baby. And not that I have anything against Jeff Dunham personally. I just think puppets are a performance, performance enhancing drug for comedy. <laughs> you know what? They I do think help. They should be banned. 
I think Jimmy Van, I think if you're not going to say those things out of your own mouth, you're going to say them out of a puppet's mouth. Yeah. I think that's a that's a sucker. I think it's a out. sin to be that good with him. You're gonna be a shitting if he exists. You're telling me you're telling me if Hitler was a ventriloquist, he would have been beloved by many. <laughs> he was already beloved by many, that's wasn't he? That's where he went wrong, guys. He's not me. He's the right. Schindler puppet. He's the mind of his own. <laughs> hey man, you ever uh, you ever get out to Nashville at all? No, you know, I'm trying to get out that way. I'm actually looking at doing something Virginia Beach, uh, 4th of July weekend, um, like early in the week there after 4th of July. And then, um, from there, there's a couple different routes I may go. We may try to do like Nashville, Atlanta, cool. or we may try to go up and do some of the East Coast or, or maybe even do both. So I'm, I'm hoping at some point this summer to get out That'd in that cool. area. Yeah, you got that, you got that driving thing going. Stop by and scoop us up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Uber. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want me to start the meter from here, I'll, I'll be happy. No, I'm no. that way right now. No. Uh, we don't have enough money if you start it from here. No, we're we're, we're on that we're on that budget where you need to start it when we get to the mailbox once we get up out of Straight House and Headquarters. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, are, you know, you are you going to think about coming to Zany's here in Nashville, or are you trying to hit a bigger? Bill? Yeah. Well, right now, no, right now, I mean, we're, I'm trying to figure the whole thing out. I mean, the way I look at it is, uh, there's a couple different routes you can go as a comedian, right? You can, you can work your ass off to try to get into the club, but it's very little money for a lot of work. You know, the last time I did a club, I think the pay was something like, as a feature, it was like $125 a show, and it was like six, seven shows through the weekend. And, you know, my background is in operations. You know, I worked for a couple big companies, uh, one of them publicly traded. And so, like, it doesn't take long for a guy like me to walk into a club and go, okay, two drinks per person, average ticket of $55. Yeah, how much they're making off you, food, yeah. food, everything else, 600 people per show, 10 shows. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. money-wise. So, bring you, um, bring you a little food you know, card been, on the stage with you. Well, you know, I can negotiate your contract down here. You know what I mean? It's, it's good to have a big, giant, mean redneck next to you. <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe I need that. Maybe that would be helpful. That's the first time I ever heard anybody say, maybe I need that, the big, giant, redneck spin. Well, it, it helps. You like me you standing know what? next you guys, to you. you guys I, I think, I think, I think you people are beautiful, and I think you people absolutely are. Uh, there you go with the you people. The problem, yeah, what the do you mean by you What do you mean with the you people? Okay. Come on. It's you people. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know how you guys are. What, us, uh, us you, need, you need balance. Like, I, part of the reason why I say that L.A. is such a pussy-fied, annoying place is because there just aren't enough black people uh, here to keep <laughs> order and scare the shit out of white people. Like, oh, when I grew up in South Philly. There were parts of the neighborhood where you're like, no, you know what, don't mouth off to the guy behind the counter. Don't do that here. <laughs> and in Los Angeles, it's sort of like anything goes. People are just... Rude to whoever they want to be rude to, arrogant to whoever they want to be arrogant to. And it's just sort of this general sense of entitlement that there won't be consequences for being an asshole. No, there are here. Uh, there are here in Tennessee. They better not come. They better keep that shit there. They better yeah. not come here. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, you know, I, I always I always like parts of the country like that where it's just like, you know, it's sort of a gentleman's agreement not to be a fuckface to each other. Well, you get punched uh, in the face. beat up. You get punched in the face. I mean, that's the thing is, if you're too yeah. much of a dick to me, I will hit you in the face, and it's gonna yeah, hurt. I, 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 I about and, guarantee. And by it's the way, hurt. like I, 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 growing up in Philly, like I remember there times where people would get into fights, and the police would show up and be like, uh, I, "All right, guys, like 
finish it up. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, like we'll finish it up so that we don't have to come back. And yeah. There was no arresting a guy. Yeah, and no, and just don't pull charges and things like that. Now they just pull up and start shooting. Yeah, that, now they just pull up and shoot everybody, and then you know, me, me and you are, are dead yeah. for wanting to fight. That's what's messed up in the world. That, yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, that's just it's just extreme. It's just extreme. I mean, I could talk all day about the police stuff. I, you uh, know, I, I I have a different point of view than most comedians about that stuff. Like, I understand there's probably some abuse of power, but I also don't want to live in a world where people aren't afraid of the police anymore. Yeah. Um, right. You know what I mean? Like, you see some of these videos of just a 19-year-old kid in the face of a federal marshal serving a, a, a huge undercover warrant, and he's got an iPhone in his face like, it's my right to film, it's my right to film. And you got Joe Pistone, who's been undercover for fucking eight years, serving a warrant, and now all of the fucking mafia or biker gang or whatever that he's trying to pin that, like, knows who the rat was. What? I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, that that's, that's not... That's not in the good nature of of our public service either. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I, there, it's, it's always like they always say: the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I'm sure there's right. an asshole, but you know what? There's there's an asshole barista at Starbucks. You got that right. Yeah. That's what I always who's say, man. His, who's abusing his power too? Nobody's got a camera in his fucking face. Got, going, These goddamn baristas need to be stopped. You got good it's, and uh, bad people in every profession. Charges and the underpouring. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, underpouring. So, under, yeah, I've been under, you guys been underpouring for years. And Shorted it's not my just, soy milk. It's not everybody. It's just a black customer. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's like, yeah, man, guess what? Anybody who has any job where they have any power, 90% of them are fucking assholes. Yeah. Like, they just don't know how to deal with the responsibility in a mature way. So, you know. What, Why would the police what be any different? Who would want to be a policeman? That's what I don't know. No respect. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, now it's, now it's the most unpopular thing. It's like volunteering to be the lonely sacro of Kong. So see how it goes once they start leaving. You know, Nine right. When 9-11 happened, every, you could, women couldn't wait to suck the dick of a policeman <laughs> or a fireman. Now those guys <laughs> probably can't get laid to save their lives. Stu still has the fake uniform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a little white stuff on his lip. <laughs> well, I, I freaking stood up my village people cover, man. Leave me alone. All right, we got some. Yeah. Speaking of the police, Josh, you got to tell us, in your opinion, who hits harder, Ray Rice or Chris Brown? Oh, man, Ray Rice. Are you kidding me? <laughs> got to be Ray Rice. <laughs> Ray got the one-hitter quitter. Yeah, he's going to knock you blown out. This is a one-punch player. And, and and can we not talk about the fact that Ray Rice is like what five foot six? I mean, he's a little man. So he's for, him, for him to just explode like that, I mean, you know what really bothers me about those situations too is like, I know I know as a society and as people, it's not supposed to matter, but like, I kind of want to know what she said because <laughs> you know, like, not that it makes it not that it makes it okay, but I do think if it does if make you a found difference. out what she said, there's a handful of sentences where you're like, yeah. I get it. Like, yeah. I get it. It's not cool, but I get it. Yeah, I, hey, look, we've all been to the point, you know what I mean, to where it's you, it's a make-or-break situation, and you have to... And you don't know, and the, the scary thing about being a guy is you don't know what your line is. Yeah. Like, my girlfriend one time spit on my face, like, trying to be sexy during sex, <laughs> and I felt my I felt my fist clench up, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Why am I reacting that way? And it scared the shit out of me, but it's just instinctual. Now, I don't I, think I, I threw it through the window. I, I, 
yeah, I mean, I have the ability to be like, holy shit, what's wrong with me? And why am I reacting that way emotionally? But some guys don't do that until after she's being dragged out of the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I, you know I, like, I'm, I'm one of the people. I get you. out of the elevator was like, Jesus. Well, first of all, as a lazy fat guy, I look at that and go, boy, you didn't think that through. Like, get her in the car and then knock her out. And then you're going to drag her all the way through the fucking annex of the mall. No, I, I, see, as another lazy fat guy, I'd have left her ass laying in the elevator and pushed the fucking all the buttons to let her hit every floor. Yeah, he's not a smart guy. What is this? Hey, you guys see that movie Devil? That shit's happening in the elevator right now. We were in there. She, I, The lights went out. Her lights definitely went out. The lights went out. She's in the corner. I'm over by the door. Something's going on. He could have landed on that. He saw something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I, you know, That's I don't spooked. understand why people don't use religion when it serves them best. <laughs> God told me to do it. I swear. I'm not trying to save them. <laughs> They're not going to prosecute a guy who's a man of the cloth who's just trying to keep demons out of his wife. <laughs> Hell, she's still with him, so something when something's going good. Yeah, she, he knocked, yeah, he knocked well, some sense know. into her. <laughs> Will you leave after that? <laughs> you really think she's the kind of chick who can leave? She's allowed to leave? Yeah, everybody knows she can't take a punch. Who wants her? <laughs> uh, I, hope this, I hope this interview ends up on some feminist blog. Like, oh, yeah. Of spousal abuse, I mean, like, <laughs> everything they say is serious. Oh, yeah, let them, let them I do just, it. I just love that we ignore that there's this completely other different perspective of there uh, are situations, there are situations where I know firsthand, I watched it growing up, where women have attacked men first, oh, and yeah. men are defending themselves, and it never gets played that way. And then the other side of the story is, um, uh, you know, when we talk about, like, the, the, the like domestic violence thing, everything else, it just it goes both ways, and and it just uh, I lost my fucking point there. there it, <laughs> no, I, I got you, brother. A woman can beat your ass. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's not that. It's just like you don't you don't condone it wholesale, but like I also don't think men should beat up other men for no reason. Yeah, you know, it's no, sort of like there's... we give this caveat of like, well, there's never a call for. Well, you know, a great example would be like, well, what if a woman has a bomb strapped to her chest <laughs> in the middle of a crowded shopping mall? Are you allowed to hit her then? Fuck or no, you run. This, this sort of wholesale, this is the way the world should be regardless of circumstances, dumb, no matter what side you're on, if you're a chick or a dude or whatever. Like, I also don't think, oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I remember my point now. <laughs> um, there, is a, there is a group of women that like to be hit. Sexually. Oh yes, and, yeah, I know. I and know nobody ever talks about that. You know and I can tell you, I'm with a woman right now that likes to be hit, and I don't do it. And no, and uh, she's been, she's largely unfulfilled because of it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's a slippery slope. And I joke about that in my act too, of like, how do you know? Like, I want you to hit me, and then you do it, and you do it too well, and then you're like, shit, I was just trying to sex it up for you, <laughs> you know? And and so people make people make mistakes. You don't know. We don't know the story. We don't know that the reason she didn't press charges against him was because that's how they get juiced up to fuck each other, and he just did it too well that day. We don't know. Yeah, he was dragging her back to the room. Hey, I've never... I've... He's like, look, normally this makes her super wet. She, today, she, she didn't have it in the chin. She couldn't take it. Oh, like, no, there's, no. There's, a, there's a whole dark side of humanity, of who we are as people, that I think in the name of, political correctness we try to just like it doesn't exist and it's like no some women 
uh, love to be hit and choked and all that stuff. And there are some scary times as a dude in a sexual situation where you're trying to be participatory and it goes south. Whether it ends up being, oh no, now he abused me, um, and, or, or he raped me. I mean, those are, those are real things I grew up seeing. Like I had a friend, I won't say his name, but I had a friend when I was in high Bill school. Bill Cosby. <laughs> no, yeah, Bill Cosby. Yeah, Chill Bosby. Um, uh, was his name? No, but he he was like uh, he was like 18 and was in had a girlfriend who was 15 and uh, and broke up with her and like uh, and then she and her mom got together and were like we're gonna sue him for statutory rape we're gonna file charges because we're mad at him right and you know he had this consenting consenting relationship with a girl that was two years or it might have been three years younger than I think she was like 15 or whatever a year b- below the age gap for legal consent or whatever. Right. Um, so it's sort of like, oh yeah, well the law's the law, dude. So enjoy jail. <laughs> yeah, he should have Ray you Rice know, both of them earlier. Yeah, he should have yeah. Ray Rice both of them women. You know, so it's kind of one of those things of like, there's there are a lot of things where it's skewed the other way, and we never examine yeah. it. Like a great example is a woman can steal my genetic property out of my ball sack, <laughs> use it to make a baby, and I have no say in the matter. Yeah. You're exactly right on that. Like, you can create a person with my DNA against my will, and people go, well, Texas, because, well, there's all kinds of circumstances to that. Yeah, but you shouldn't I, have I've to pay for it for 18 of, years. I've heard stories of girls pulling condoms out of the trash. I mean, crazy shit, like trying to get pregnant with rich dude babies. <clears throat> for as many For as many bad stories as there are out there of, like, you know, these men hitting women need to stop. There's probably a million stories. Um, where they situations where guys have been fucked over by the law or fucked over by circumstance just as poorly, but there's no sympathy there. I mean, as a white man, ask any human resource manager of any company anywhere, as a white male uh, in this country, there will never be sympathy on your side in the law, no matter what the circumstance. No sympathy, no uh, sympathy for the devil? Dude, yeah, that's, that's a white devil you're referring to. We get <laughs> yeah, sensitivity training devil, against him all the time. Yeah. Hey, hold on, Stu speaking. But again, like a great example of, you know, and, and I have black friends who are like, oh, you know, that's karma, man. Comes back, <laughs> Come back you know, to all you. those years of oppression. It's like, look, my ancestors were Irish. They came here on boats <laughs> fucking 80 years ago. Like, we didn't do shit. Why? I got to suffer because of other white people's karma? Yeah, well... Yeah, that's fucked up, man. Not to get all crazy and fucking right wing with you guys. I know. I'm starting to think you're high. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to think you're high. Yeah, something's going on out there. Are you eating edibles? So you can hopefully in this you can kind of see what what fuels my comedy a little bit to where it's like I do. I think some of the ways that we have, have stretched ourselves to be liberal thinking as a country yeah. are so ridiculous that it, sometimes it's just fun for me to fight it the entire other way. Yeah, it makes me sick. Uh, so I, I agree with you totally. I saw something today. Sick. Someone posted uh, something about liberal logic, and I was like, shit, does that even go together in the same sentence? That's an oxymoron. It's <laughs> an oxymoron, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, what if you're stranded on a deserted island and you have to pick one person to be with like you? A, when you say a deserted island, are you talking about like one that's made of Sundays and uh, no, Gilligan's Island, baby? <laughs> Gilligan's motherfucking island. You're stuck on Gilligan's Island, and it ain't with ginger. <laughs> you got to either pick uh, Al Sharpton, Ted Nugent, Chuck Norris, Charles Barkley, or Megan Fox. Oh God! 
say Chuck Norris. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Who would pick anybody that's not Chuck Norris? Uh, Megan fucking and that's not And that's not racially biased. I just think that's the first guy who would, that's the guy who would survive. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ted Nugent, I was, gonna, I was wondering if you are going to pick Charles Barkley and then he could do his voice and you could do the Tracy Morgan voice back to him the whole time. Yeah, that'd be, I think Barkley would just be annoying. I think Barkley would just sit on you the know, island and love to hear himself talk. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck Norris, Norris was born on the um, the fifth the fifth of uh, June, nineteen forty five, and uh, Japan, Japan surrendered, uh, or the Nazis surrendered the next day. I wonder if that's a coincidence. Yeah, uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I would take Chuck Norris. Hey, people go, why wouldn't you take Megan Fox? She's one a chick you can fuck. No. First of all, Chuck Norris could probably make something you could fuck out of anything. <laughs> You're going to be like, a coconut fucker. Women. Well, Sam. Two dead tiger carcasses. I'll have you an entire case of vagina to have sex with in the next 45 minutes. And we'll have enough food to last us. And I'm over here more. making margaritas. Yeah. I mean, you want mojitos. Some, you know, We've been making some mojitos. I need a mojito. I feel like Chuck Norris would teach you life lessons. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he like would also be his bitch, so that wouldn't be fun. I mean, you, you, you'd get tired of having sex with Megan Fox on that island mm -hmm. five days in, and I guarantee you the complaining would stop. Oh, you know, then you better... You, then you be Ray like, When are you going to get us off this island? <laughs> but, now, here's the thing. That's that's when the Ray Rice comes in, because when you're on an island, you know, who's the oh, judge? Shit. She might kill you. You might fall asleep and her ass strangle you. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm a lot to eat. She probably would. I saw that <laughs> she was in where she was eating a friend. <laughs> hey, man, what about... Uh, what was that called? Jennifer's Body? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not the chick you take to a deserted <laughs> island. <laughs> oh, shit. What about if you were a immediate starter on any pro team, what, uh, what sport would it be, what team, what position would you play? Well, I played ice hockey, so I would say I would want to be... I'd want to be starting goaltender of the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, know, why would cool. I not want to do that? Right, right. That's cool. Then we'd have to throw. I think one. I would. Ra I think I would rather be a head coach of a football team, though. And, and as far as the team goes, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like from a leadership perspective, that's one of the most influential positions you can hold in in our country. It's pretty cool, and it's and you get to do a lot of different things. You get to wear a lot of different hats. Well, that's kind of what we've had in Tennessee. A comedian for a coach. <laughs> I, I thought the most. I'm a medium for a coach. Yeah. No, I mean yeah, that's I'm what we've had here in Tennessee is a comedian for a coach here at the Titans for a while. So uh, we're hoping this guy here pans out, but we ain't seen shit yet. I thought the most influential. Oh, you talking talk about Tennessee? Yes, the Titans. I thought. Yeah, the... he'll be he'll be fine. <laughs> I thought the most influential person on the football team was a ball boy for the Patriots. <laughs> oh, here we go with that deflate gate. That's two days in a row. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. Does anybody care about that? No, no, that's I really don't. News? I, yeah, that's not news. The Patriots yeah, are the best. That's, that's I mean, old. It's pretty simple. That's old. It's not news. That's old. Yeah. Hey, man. I, what I, I don't know. I, the Patriots cheat to win. That's fine. If you're not, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's right. That's right. That's that's that's, that's giving that 110 percent right, right there. <laughs> Every single player in the NFL, why, why is there a player on every team that gets a four-game suspension every year? Because he gets caught on that cycle. Ray Rice only got a two, so if you knock a woman out, it's shortened. It's a two, yeah. two but he, he, he wasn't doing steroids at the time. <laughs> Come to well, find you out. Know, and, and so I'll go Disappointingly. Back. So, so this is where I'll play devil's advocate on the Ray Rice 
the Ray Rice thing happens, and this is why I hate I hate the world. The Ray Rice <laughs> thing happens. We get so gun shy to players with potential off the field issues that a kid like Lael Collins, who who was a first round talent, worked his ass off in college, went to a really good school, played for a top team, because he's associated with somebody that got murdered, unfortunately, in a case where he wasn't even named a suspect, he goes completely undrafted and loses out on life-changing money because the NFL is gun-shy. And then, okay, so you go, well, you can't you can't convict these guys before the shit actually happens, and you got to give people second chances and the benefit of the doubt. Then you do that with Ray McDonald in Chicago because he was let off the hook and the, the domestic violence charges that uh, supposedly got him uh, or that people wanted him suspended in San Francisco, they got dropped. And then the dude goes back and beats the shit out of a, of a woman holding a baby four days ago and gets cut by the bear. Yeah. So it's like, well, it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Like there yeah. are going to be guys that aren't guilty that are going to be treated as guilty because of the court of public opinion. And then you're going to give guys second chances, and they're going to fuck you over anyway. So, <laughs> you know, it's just you, you, there's no right answer. I, I think you just got to deal with it case by case. Yeah, yeah, right. I agree. I, agree I think the whole Every, everything to should be case by case. And you can't, you can't have a policy on everything. Well, I mean, that's the NFL the... can't come out and go, drugs are this, booze is this. You know, hitting women is it? You, you can't do that. Well, and that's so the thing is, our, our society has gotten. Kids. Our, here's the thing. Our because society has gotten away from uh, judging. Like if if, a, if something goes to trial, the judge does not even hear the freaking what happened or anything. It's already set what's going to go down, this, that, and the other. It's, there's never – no one sees what really happened. No one hears the story. No one hears both sides anymore because everybody is programmed to go ahead and concede to getting the lesser penalties, you know, before uh, standing up for their rights. And, I mean, it could be for, with anything. And then they'll just be – they'll offer you – a thousand things before they'll take you to trial nowadays because they know that the truth is so multifaceted that, you know, hell, there's people who sit there and nobody's going to find you guilty because they're, they're tired of the same bullshit you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and so, you know, I remember growing up and listening to how that worked in, in terms of like, a, there's a, there was a documentary I watched many years ago talked about the business of prison. And that there were so many innocent dudes in prison because, like, years ago in the South, and not just in the South, but in, like, Aren't they all innocent? cities and everything. <laughs> yeah, they the are. Racism was, the racism was so thick, like, <laughs> prosecutors would literally go in and go, look, you're black and you have two strikes. You can try to win because you think you're innocent, or you can just plea and you'll get less time. Yeah. And it's sort of like telling somebody the deck is stacked against, or the deck is stacked against you, uh, whether you're innocent or not. So you can just go to prison for less time by admitting to it. And it's like, if you're, if you're given that offer, you're going to take it. Yeah, it doesn't sure. mean yeah. that it's right, by the way. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's you what know, the NFL is going to become. They lead you to believe that you cannot win and that you don't matter and that no one's going to listen to you and, and all that. And the thing is, if you can't afford, <laughs> if you cannot afford a lawyer, the one that they one will be provided for you. Yeah. The one that will be provided ain't <laughs> worth a fuck. He is golfing and kissing the DA's dick. So I mean, you oh know. yeah, and it's, well, and also they're the well, ones that are going to—they're going to push you to plea uh, immediately. Uh, Public defenders working with the DA <laughs> hand in hand to save the city money or the state money on a trial. So they're like, yeah, we want to plea it out because that's more money for the public defender. Yeah, right. 
Well, no, no, he gets paid through the state. Yeah, but you know, the public defender only pays for nobody. Not not every state. There's a lot of states where the public uh, public defenders are actually practicing lawyers. Yeah. Oh, well, they're supposed to. You know, yeah. yeah, Have you been arrested? (laughs) Yeah, you ain't never been arrested. Motherfucker, you ain't getting arrested. All right, man. Figure out how it works. We got a couple more for you, man. What if you're uh, What if you're elected president tomorrow? What's the first thing you would do? Uh, God, there's so many things I would do if I were elected president tomorrow. I, I there's a, there's a, one of them right off the bat is I would eliminate income tax entirely. Oh, no yeah. income tax. I am your fan. No income, no income tax at all. I, I don't even think people pay income tax. tax. Which means if you spend your money frivolously, we're going to tax it, and if you save your money, we're not. You're not going to pay tax. I like I like you. I, I would encourage right. I would encourage people to build wealth. So I would have a yeah. consumption tax, and oh, if you're buying luxury tax. items, you like if you're going to buy a hundred thousand dollar car that you don't need, then we're going to tax it thirty percent. Yeah, that's because obviously about, you don't yeah. give a shit about what it costs anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, with that. And the other thing that does is is get money out of all the people that are earning it under the table anyway. Yeah. So that would fix that problem. Um, I would I would legalize all the narcotics and and uh, you know because I I don't think you can police those things anyway. And then I would tax the shit out of it. <laughs> You're a smart fella, dude. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I, consult, I mean, I, that would fix those two things that fix the national debt. And, yeah. and in terms of in terms of city spending and things like that, you go well if you have no income tax, how do you pay for schools? How do you pay for that? It's easy. I would privatize it. So is- if you have a kid, your kid goes to school. You have there's a there's a fee. Yeah. If you can't afford the fee for your kid to go to school, then put it up for adoption. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah. Or, or, or you just have a bunch of dumb fucking kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's also an option. Put them yeah. to work on a fucking farm. It worked in the 1930s. Yeah, exactly. Kids can work. Kids are good for work. You know? Yeah, they don't ask questions. No, like they they just do. Kids. They do what you tell them because they're scared not to, and that's the best. That's the right. Best. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, you know, kidding aside, I do think those are things that would immediately alleviate the financial burden. You know, if you didn't have income tax, you wouldn't have to be doing these fifteen dollar minimum wage hikes like we just did in in Southern California and L.A. There's, they just enacted a law, and in the next three or four years, it's going to be a $15 minimum wage. And, God, and great, you'll pay $11 for a value meal on McDonald's. It doesn't make a difference. People don't understand economics. The rich aren't going to just go, I guess, guess what, guys? Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to give just, up our money. I guess we'll just take less profits out of the business. I guess that's just what we'll do. Yeah, it would be nice. No, that's I've not been happening. The, I've been in those board meetings when they're preparing for earnings calls. You don't get to tell the public investment uh, body Guys, we're just going to take less profit. <laughs> uh, I know you gave us your retirement fund, but the people need money to live. That's right. So yeah. we're just going to make less. Mm. Please don't take all your money out of our stock. It's like you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> that would capsize a company. Have a CEO. Have the CEO of Chipotle with, what is it, a fucking $600 stock right now? Have him go out there and go, guys, and pay everybody $20 an hour. And we're it's not all going to work food. out just fine, but the share value is going to drop about $150. <laughs> Please leave your money in with us. <laughs> no, they're it gone. It would be a mass exodus. Chipotle would be worth $0.42 cents by the next day. The liberals would be the first one taking their money out. Fuck yeah. Well, I'm not going to take a $150 haircut. I got in it. I got in at the IPO at $26 a share. I'm a millionaire. I'm not going to give my money away to the poor. <laughs> 
Oh, shit. That's hilarious, man. Yeah, that's never going to the, happen. These are the same actors, by the way. Same actors, same celebrities that are going, you know, people need $15 an hour to live. I guarantee you, if Apple started making iPhones in America and the cost went up and the sales went down and the profits went away, you'd pull out all of your fucking stock because you don't want it to be your money that pays for it. Right. So yeah, I just, right. I think, I, I don't, it's not that I'm against the ideas that Democrats and liberals have. I just think they're pipe dreams and I think oh, they're, yeah. gonna be, you know, they're not going to be accomplished in the way that everybody, yeah. well, I mean, you it, can't just spread it like peanut butter. It's like all it, fucking there's fantasy. There's only so much peanut butter. Yeah. But when you go with the stock markets, you know, here's the thing is, you know, you're, if you're investing, um, through the, throughout the world instead of just right here in America, which no one invests in American stock harvest. Are you crazy? Well, it's like I mean, the hottest place. Oh, is, is it now? Because it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? When? Like five years ago. I mean, you're investing in, I'm talking about Amer- in what's made in America. Nobody buys what's made in America. Nobody cares if it's made in America anymore. And that's what's, that's what's wrong. Well, yeah, that's, that's I, absolutely true. People care about, people care about made in America when it equals jobs. But like I said, if everyone wants to go, oh my God, have you seen the way that they treat the Chinese that, you know, make the iPhones? It's like, yeah, do you have one? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know what? You just found out what happened to the Chinese kids through your iPhone on how they're making a fucking yeah. iPhone. Yeah, yeah I, they're I got jumping you. out of windows because their lives are so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just so it's kind of like, yeah, you want jobs in America, but you won't do without either. That's the whole thing behind yeah. American Apparel. They get they got destroyed as a company financially over the last ten years. If you look in the market. Um, because they're like, we're going to make it in America. Well, their T-shirts that are $10 everywhere else are like 17 bucks. Consumer votes with their wallet and says, no thanks, I'll get it at Target at Walmart for half the money. And they don't, they don't care. They care as long as it doesn't come out of their pocket. Yeah, so right. I'm not going to pretend. I'm just going to go, I know it's going to have to come out of my pocket, so they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> if they don't like what they make, make more money. <laughs> it's that, that simple. That seven fifteen t shirt split, straight hustling's going for thirteen. Yeah. Start your, own, start your own window washing toilet cleaning business. I don't give a shit. Like my grandfather came here on a boat in, in the early nineteen hundreds and went to work on farms at eleven years old during a depression. Um and just that because that was what he did. You came here from Ireland, you worked, you made pennies, and you just tried to survive. Because there was at least food in our land, and you wouldn't starve to death. Yeah. Well, there ain't no one starving so, nowadays, either. Yeah, hell no, everybody's getting fat like me. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, you know, that's, that's everybody else's fault, too. You know, if you don't have kale at McDonald's, it's McDonald's fault. <laughs> uh, no, it's my fault for eating McDonald's. It's, it's my fault for <laughs> Look, loving it's fucking McDonald's. Di- you know, everybody wants to talk about getting healthy, but my thing is, like, have you tasted how shit tastes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not eating kale. I don't like the fucking name of it. Have you tasted? Have you tasted McDonald's? You know why? It's a, there's a reason they sold a billion of them, man. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking awesome. I had it for once today. Fucking delicious. I had a quarter pounder and a goddamn McChicken. It was great. Because it doesn't taste like yeah, kale I, and beets. No, it doesn't taste like I've it doesn't taste to, like dirt. I tried to quit it. I've tried to quit it a million times. It's never happening. No. I'll eat McDonald's until it kills me, yes. which will probably be sooner than later. <laughs> that's fine. I can't. I wait. don't drink and I don't smoke. It's gonna be. I, give me something. Give oh, me yeah. something. If you don't always drink and smoke, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. There's always meth or McDonald's, one or the other. It's just a, it's a toss up. You gotta pick. It. You gotta have a vice. You gotta have something. Yeah, and if McDonald's is your vice, brother, hey, 
I'm 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 for you, Rubble. Rubble. Hey, we got a question. Yeah, well, it's kind of like it's kind of like Jim Gaffigan's bit that he did in his last special where he goes, "It's all McDonald's. Everybody's got their McDonald's. It's all something." Yeah, we got another question for you, man. You got to do it in your Tracy Morgan voice. Who's okay. your favorite Nashville podcast? Straight hustling. <laughs> is, that, is that your Tracy Morgan voice? Yeah, it's the best I can do without warming it up. Without warming it up. Hell yeah, yeah. bro. <laughs> Look, you, we're going to have to, you, when you come to Nashville, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to know so we can come down there and get some pictures took and get to meet you, you know, face to face instead of all this here and, you know, and, uh, yeah, man. And do some, you know, we'll promote your show too before you get here because, you know, we got ties with the local community. Yeah. So all two people well, will good. be there. Yeah. All, all, all four people that listen to our show in Nashville will be, will, We'll be at your show, I'm sure, and, and my wife's included. Hey, that means hey, that, that means there's at least going to be four there. That makes it help. <laughs> hey, hey, that, hey, that that's almost an AA meeting, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's enough. It's enough to go meeting. Hey, man, I want to thank you for coming on, man. That's very cool. It was good to meet you, and I uh, had a good time, yeah, man. Yeah, you too. Yeah, great show, man. It was a fun show. We we had we were not having fun yesterday. We're having a great time today. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, I hope everyone takes everything I said extremely seriously. Yes. I can't wait to hear. Yes. I can't wait to hear all of the hate mail. Especially you want to fight both, Josh Blue in a cage Especially match. You, yeah, you want to fight Josh Blue in a cage match. We're going to get that. We're going to make that happen. Josh Blue in a cage match. Uh, you know, no, you know what I want to fight? I want to fight, uh, I want to fight Lindy West. That's who I want to fight. <laughs> The Jezebel writer who goes off on every male comedian for uh, for saying anything that's not girl power. <laughs> All right. Well, we want her and on And you know what's show. funny is people go, oh, you want to fight a woman? Let me tell you something. She's in my weight class. Fair game. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I, I, we, I, might, I might even have to bulk up to fight her, but I'll do it. I want 18 months. I want to be able to put it on the right way. Okay? <laughs> we got a fighter out of Florida that she'll, she'll fight you anytime you want. Oh, well, she shows Who's up. That, yeah, Toth? Uh, no, it's Christina Toth, and uh, she she she'll put a hurting on you if she can get it. Oh yeah, I you know I saw she was on your website. <laughs> uh, yeah, almost. she looks like a bad bitch. I'm all set. I don't need to <laughs> yeah, fight. Yeah, you don't want to fight her. But no, you, no, I don't think you, you better stick with Josh Blue. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with him. Or Don Rickles. Yeah, she <laughs> got her gonna... start in MMA by whipping Marines, so <laughs> I don't think you want a part of that. <laughs> Yeah, how's it, how's, how's, uh, oh, yeah, I can look it up on your site, but I was like, yeah, I, was, I look forward to seeing her in the UFC at some point. Yes, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah we, we are too. Hey, man, thanks for coming yeah. on again. Appreciate it. Great time, man. Yeah, Take care of yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> All, All right, right, man. Thank you, Josh. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. All right, that was a good show. Josh, Denny, right on a straight hustling. Boy, I didn't know he was so political for a comedian, but I love it. I didn't know that everything he did, you did. Well, I did part of it. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> or knew somebody. Well, you know, yeah, you know, I'm Private Ryan. Or what is it? Well, no, that wasn't him. That was, uh, what's the other one? Tell, tell us about that time in band camp, Mike. Oh, yeah. You remember that time in band camp when you your mama blew me? Your ass? <laughs> when your mama paid my tuition and blew me? I can't wait to get your mama. She get a copy of this when well, I was talking about pimping out the corner. Y'all's mamas are going to get pissed off. Oh, well, I'm going to kick your mama's my ass. My mama ain't going to get mad. She's, she's still making the money so we can... I can continue to get gas money. Come out here and do the show. Damn! <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? Oh no, she is. Oh hell, that's wrong. Well, Stu, no, tell I them about our, where our website is so they can go can check read, it out. Can you read the wall today, Stu? I always read the wall. 
Yeah, I'll check us out at www.straighthustling.com. That's S-T-R, the number eight, H-U-S-T-L-I-N.com. Damn, that spider's coming out of the corner. <laughs> oh, damn, you look. <laughs> well, hell, I don't know. I was always uh, looking up there. I've never been a spider in that corner, but it looks like when he's looking up there. All right, man, be sure you check out Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, leave us some comments some feedback, Facebook, Twitter, order T-shirts. Hit that little magic button at the bottom. It says what, Mini Mike? It says Freedom Munitions. That way you can order you some guns and some uh, ammo. You can order guns. You can order ammo. Oh, you can order ammo. My fault, but I was just, I was dreaming that we could order guns. Send us an email. (laughs) Send us an email. We might sell you some guns. Yeah. Well, no. No, we will not. We will not sell you any guns off the internet. No sort of way, no kind of how. Unless. According to the uh, FCCA, P-P-L-T-R-A, N-R-A. Stu's mama spent college money on you. She, That's what she just came out with. She's been spending it for a long she time. She her money. <laughs> hey, I, I'm she flushed that down the drain, didn't she? Hey, I, I, I got another class next semester. All right, so y'all check out Josh Denny. He's a funny comedian. Hopefully, we can get him out here towards Nashville. He's got some good stuff. He's got the uh, don't call him uh, Ginger. He doesn't like that. <laughs> no, he's not redheaded either. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, That's shit. money, Mike. Public education yeah. at its best. If you have any questions, <laughs> worldly questions that you don't know the answers, just send us an email. I'm sure Money Mike knows the answers too. Yeah, I bet you got a private education too. You motherfucker, you didn't even graduate from 11th grade. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get the hell out of here. If you ain't hustling, you ain't living. Peace. Right. Yeah.